0: hello welcome back to you know what i've been wondering i'm sarah and i'm jane it's amazing how much higher quality the video is on your zoom because you're on a phone and i'm on a laptop like iphones real those cameras really astounding you know yeah how are you doing
1: uh i'm exhausted um (laughs) (laughs) i I've officially started my grad program, and today was my second full day. And Tuesdays are, like, my extra long day, because I have my internship in the morning and the class in the afternoon and evening. And I forgot about the and evening part until <laughs> earlier today. So, um... Yeah, it was her choice to record yeah. tonight. It was not...
0: I did not force her to no, record after a no, long day. No, 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 no. It
1: was my own poor planning. <laughs> I even, like, was like, well... I I literally was like, well, I have class Tuesday afternoon, so I might need to be finishing up homework on Monday, so let's do Tuesday. And then I got to today, and I was like, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. Well, now you know. And now I do know. Um, How are you,
0: Sarah? I am good. The Chancellor of Education pushed back the day that the kids start coming into school today. Now Mm. they're not coming in until the 21st. I still have to go in starting next week, but we'll see how that Mm. goes. Wish me luck there, um, but I have not been laid off yet, so I'm also taking that as a good sign. Love so, that. you know, we take what we can get here. <laughs> <laughs> um, happy September. It's now spooky season.
1: Yeah, that's about all that's going on with me. My topic's kind of long, so maybe we should get started. Okay. Mine um might be long might be not i can't really tell but let's um, just jump into it <laughs> okay so last week um i
0: realized after we recorded that this is our 75th episode and every 25 episodes we get to choose our own topics instead of asking and it's a surprise so i don't know what jane's talking about and she doesn't know what i'm talking about but next week we'll talk about the jamaican bobsled team and rum <laughs>
1: um yes we will
0: Oh, we will, um, which I can't wait. I even, I forgot, I forgot that we were picking our own topics until I went to do my research and I had already watched the, the Rum Springer documentary and I was like, okay, I'll just type up my notes. And then I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and that was at like six o'clock, but
1: it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. My topic is something you may have seen a little bit about in like, pop culture news lately but it is the free britney movement (laughs) what i don't know what this is at all you don't oh uh well it it was in the news recently for like a couple different reasons of of which i will get to all of them um okay (laughs) so to get to the free britney movement we have to talk about britney spears uh for a little bit okay so Britney Jean Spears is an American singer, songwriter, dancer, and actress. She mm-hmm. is referred to as the princess of pop.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's
1: talk about her life. During her childhood, she participated in dance classes, voice lessons, and gymnastics, all from the age of four. Uh, she won many state-level children's talent shows and dance competitions. She is quoted to say, I was in my own world. I found what I'm supposed to do at an early age. Good for her. Um, true. At the early age of eight, she auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club for the first time. She was rejected because they told her she was too young, but the casting director liked her and introduced her to a New York City talent agent named Nancy Carson. Carson took Mm -hmm. on Spears as a client, and Spears' mother, Lynn, moved from Mississippi to a subletted apartment in New York with her two daughters so that Britney could attend a professional performing arts school. Now, I would just like to point out that Britney Spears' parents are named James, who goes by Jamie, and Lynn. Oh, and they named their second dog child dog. Oh, Jamie, Jamie Lynn.
0: Lynn yeah.
1: <laughs> that's
0: so weird. I mean, maybe. Lots of, lots of people name their kids after themselves.
1: I know so many. Your, your brother <laughs> is named after your father. <laughs> I know, but like the fact that both her first name and her middle name were like, these are just my parents' names. I don't know. I feel like that's that's a normal thing. I mean, like, I
0: would never, but <laughs> but that is a normal thing. <laughs> I mean, I would never, but that's
1: a good idea for you. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brittany was an understudy for the lead role in the off-Broadway musical Ruthless. She appeared on Star Search and then eventually was cast in the Mickey Mouse Club when she was 11. You know, oh. eight's too young, but 11. 11. You're a woman. It. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, they wanted children, so she wasn't a woman, I but... I know. I know. When the show was canceled in 1996, the Spears family went back to Mississippi, and Britney found that being a regular teenager was very boring, and she wanted to return to show business, specifically to be a singer. Me too, Britney. Me too, um, Britney. <laughs> eventually, she went on to have the career she is known for in the 90s and the 2000s. You know, she became a huge pop star. Uh-huh. Iconic lady. Um, in, yeah. in January of 2004, she married childhood friend Jason Allen Alexander. The marriage was annulled 55 hours later following a petition to the court that stated she lacked understanding of her actions. Mm. I totally had no idea that happened. No. Clue. In March of 2004, in the middle of her Onyx hotel tour, she fell and injured her left knee requiring surgery and the cancellation of the remainder of the tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, in early in early July of 2004, she became engaged to the American dancer Kevin Federline. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. The media uh, surrounded them because he had recently broken up with actress Char Jackson, who was still pregnant with their second child at the time. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. Uh, the whole relationship was followed and was the center of a reality show called Britney and Kevin colon chaotic. I didn't watch it, but my cousin did. (laughs) She talks Uh, about it all the time. That whole relationship was just so surrounded by the media. It was insane. They had no privacy. Um, Spears later said that that reality show was, quote probably the worst thing I've done in my career.
0: (gasps) Oh, my God. That's a big
1: statement. I know. They were married in the fall of 2004. They have two sons together. Uh Uh-huh. In 2006, 2007, this is where her real big personal struggles began. So in February of 26, pictures surfaced of Spears driving with her three-month-old baby on her lap instead of in the car seat. Spears claimed that she had a frightening encounter with the paparazzi and that she felt she had to flee and did not have time to get the baby into the car seat. But she knew that it was a mistake on her part child advocates attacked her for this but more recently more photos have come out of this incident and it's like so she seems so scared they chased her in, into a bathroom at one point like, oh, it seemed like awful. a very traumatizing event but the one picture yeah. that's out is like her smiling but like i'm sure she was either putting on his mouth for the camera or it was like a right. moment of brevity right um, into what was otherwise a not fun incident and in day and i i think She regrets not making the choice to put her child in the car seat, but I think in the moment she just was like, I gotta get us safety, and right now I don't have time to do this. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, She was already a young woman in Hollywood who was known to make bold and sexy choices, and so the media, like, frequently demonized her. Yeah. 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 In August of 2006, she posed nude for the cover of Harper's Bazaar magazine while pregnant with her second child. Reactions were mixed. Now, I looked at the cover; it's very much just like, "Look at this woman's beautiful pregnant body." Like, it's not right. Beyonce I mean, did the same thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But apparently, people were and because she was already being attacked in the media as a bad mother, mm. it like it just you know yeah, it got mixed reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In November of 2006, Spears and Federline filed for divorce. They agreed to share joint custody of their children at the time. Okay. In January of 2007, this is where things really went downhill. Um, in January of 2007, Spears' aunt Sandra Bridges Covington, with whom she had been very close, died of ovarian cancer. So, on oh, top of so being mid divorce under constant media scrutiny, uh, having two children under the age of two, and having a very stressful career um, that was under constant barrage and of mixed opinions from all over the place. Like, yeah. it's kind of understandable that her mental health wasn't doing great. Definitely. Also,
0: like, Kevin Federline is really good at leaving women when, he's, when they're pregnant with very young children. Like, what's that about? That's true. Men are the worst
1: that are worse. That's a good pattern to notice, Sarah. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> yes. In February of 2007, Spears stayed in a drug rehabilitation facility in Antigua for less than a day. The following night was the incident where she burst into a California hair salon, shaved her head, and then attacked a paparazzo's car with an umbrella. At the time, this was, like, totally torn apart, but I, I couldn't find it when doing it, but I recently read an article that was, like, put yourself in her shoes. Yeah. Like, you've had people doing your hair for a very long time. She had recently, like, gone brunette. It, like, she mm-hmm. was constantly, like, felt like she had no control over her own life. She had all these stresses going on. And right. she walked into this salon and these people were, like, trying to mess with her hair and they weren't doing what she wanted and she just had it. Yeah. And so, yeah, she had, like, a meltdown and she shaved her head. But, like, the way the person interpreted it, interpreted it, it almost made it seemed like like look like a bold move of her reclaiming agency and like not letting anybody control her anymore. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I totally like, I, I think I could see that. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely like I don't like, I don't look down on her for this anymore. Like I'm not gonna make fun of her. No. For it. Um, she admitted herself to several treatment facilities during the following weeks. There is a meme that says, if Brittany can survive 2007, you can handle today. And that I've, I saw that all over the place um, in the past few years. Um, but as I said before, she was a woman handling many struggles and it is now widely agreed upon by the media, or widely agreed upon that the media fed off of her struggles and helped inflame them. She was dealing with mental illness, motherhood, divorce, and the media capitalized on it. In 2008, Rolling Stone published a profile titled The Tragedy of Britney Spears by Vanessa Grigoriadis. She wrote, After blaming everyone else for her problems, Brittany's finally starting to realize the degree to which she's messed up. But her sense of entitlement keeps her from admitting it to herself or to anyone who is trying to help her. We want her to survive and thrive, to evolve into someone who can make us proud again. Or maybe we just don't want the show to end. Spears is not a good girl, not America's sweetheart. She is an inbred swamp thing who chain smokes. Isn't that so nasty and mean? That is. That's so, that's so unnecessarily um, mean. Yeah. A figure that has betrayed the country, the world with her real life. Like basically saying that Spears is trying to uh, give herself this public image of being like America's sweetheart, but at the same time mm-hmm. in her real life, she's the opposite of that, which I don't think, I mean, look at her career. At no time has she ever tried to be been like, I'm innocent and pure. Like what's she known for? Like, right. Um... In retrospect, Spears is praised for having survived this dark period of her life and went on to have future success. Her fifth, al- her fifth studio album, Blackout, came out that year and it is considered one of her best musically. Um, She performed her song, Give Me More, or Give Me More, no, Give Me, forgive forgive me, at the 2007 (laughs) MTV Music Awards. The performance was panned by many critics, but modern interpretations see the performance as a young woman dealing with major mental health issues and drug-related issues, feeling mentally unable to perform, but being pushed to do so anyway. Uh, Um, In January of 2008... Um, Spears refused to relinquish custody of her sons to her husband's representatives. Uh, she basically, like, locked herself and her sons in her house. And apparently at this time she was, like, using a weird British accent. And it was a time when she was wearing a lot of weird wigs. Um, (laughs) or, like, at least one pink wig. um, Right. And and having a lot of kind of erratic behavior, like some public nudity, some things like that. So, uh, police were called to her home to, like get the kids because she didn't have custody of them that day. And they found her to be under the influence of some unidentified substance. An ambulance was brought to bring her to Cedar sinai Medical Center. And the pictures of her in the back of the ambulance were all over the tabloids for a while. In October of 2008, she was put on a 5150 involuntary psychiatric hold at UCLA. At the time, the court placed her under the temporary conservatorship, of her father and attorney the conservatorship was meant to be temporary but um, after a while they changed it to permanent mm, Britney sucks. Spears is still under this conservatorship 12 years later <gasps> no yes so what does all this means me mean? it means that her father and her lawyer but mostly her father um, are in control of everything she touches, her money, her health, even her daily routines. No. While, she, mm-hmm, while she's under the conservatorship, she has almost no control of her life. Um, you may have seen, I guess you haven't, the hashtag Free Britney trending on social media lately. No. I, I had no um, idea this was going on. No, it's insane. The movement is aimed at trying to help free Britney of her conservatorship. Um, just one month after the court had deemed her in such poor condition that she needed a conservator controlling her life, she went back to work full time. She guest starred on How I Met Your Mother. She opened the MTV Music Video Awards. She filmed an entire documentary. She released an album. Um, the Free Britney movement, or the people who support it, believe that Britney's conservators immediately began taking advantage of the situation and exploiting Britney to make money off of her. Um, jump forward to March of 2019. Co-conservator Andrew Wallet, the lawyer, uh, will Wallet maybe, but it is kind of funny that his last name is Wallet. Um, he resigned as the co-conservator, and he said substantial detriment, irreparable harm, and immediate danger will result to the conservatee Britney Spears uh, and her estate if the relief requested herein is not granted on an ex parte basis. So he's basically like, this isn't good for her. Um, yeah. In September of 2019, Jamie, her father, filed a request for temporary relief, uh, to temporary relieve himself of his duties. Brittany's care manager, Jody Montgomery, took over as the conservator and it was predetermined that she would remain so until August 22nd of this year when her hey, father- my would... birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. When her father would return to be the um, conservator. Um but on August 18th, Brittany's new lawyer Samuel D. Ingham III stated that she is quote strongly opposed to having her father return as the conservator of her person. Instead, she strongly prefers Montgomery continue in that role as she has done for nearly a year, and that Miss Montgomery's appointment as conservator of her person to be made permanent. Um, she also wishes to seek termination of this conservatorship in the future. She is also strongly opposed to her father consider continuing as the sole conservator of her estate. Despite this request, the conservatorship was extended until February 1st, 2021. Her lawyer has until the 18th to file a petition to put a stop to it, uh, which has now passed. So I believe it has not been stopped. so what is it like to have a conservatorship? According to Newsweek, Britney has to ask her father to sign, up on, to sign off on every major decision she makes, from business to health to voting and marriage. The New York <gasps> Times wrote in 2016, her most mundane purchases from a drink at Starbucks to a song on iTunes are tracked in court documents as part of the plan to safeguard the great fortune she has earned but does not ultimately control.
0: Oh my according
1: God. to her older brother brian spears he and some other family members um thinks that the conservatorship has been a good thing for their family but they're aware that she doesn't want to continue with it um he was quoted mm-hmm. to uh to saying on a podcast whether someone's coming in peace or coming in with an attitude having someone constantly tell you to do something has got to be frustrated she's wanted to get out of it for quite some time yeah um According to Us Weekly sources, more members of her family are planning to give interviews that they are hoping could sway public support to end the conservatorship. But um, her lawyers think that that might um, end up hurting them in the long run. They think it might not be good for their court case. I don't know exactly why. Maybe just because they can't control that much public speech. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, he's, like, telling them not to. Um, The hashtag Free Britney movement started last year when it was reported that Britney had checked into a facility because she was upset about her father's poor health. Um, it was said that she went there voluntarily. But the podcast, Brittany's Graham, received a voicemail that said this. Hi there, I cannot disclose who I am. I just heard the latest episode and you guys are onto something. I used to be a paralegal for an attorney that worked with Britney's conservatorship. I am no longer with them. What is happening is disturbing to say the least. Basically, Britney was in rehearsals for Domination, which I think is her um, Las Vegas show. Yeah. Um, It came to Jamie's attention, Jamie Spears, that Britney was not taking her medication as prescribed. She was missing a lot of doses and just full on not taking them. They got her to the doctor and the doctor said, okay, if you don't want these medications, let's get you on a new one. She refused to take the new one. So Jamie said, either you take this medication or the show's off and I'm pulling my support and you can't do it. (gasps) <gasps> britney did not follow jamie's instructions and so he was true to his word he pulled the show he verbatim said blame it on my illness to her um britney had been in the mental facility since mid january this report was coming out in like beginning of april yeah um of course the statement yesterday said that she entered last week that is not true she has been there since mid january there's no timeline granted i haven't worked at the firm for a little over two weeks now but there is no end date particularly in sight for this stay at this mental facility she did not want to go from what i understand this was not a decision she made at all even though it was like publicized that she went in voluntarily entertainment tonight was quick to point out that the people who knew britney including her mother were liking the free britney posts that were coming after this leg was announced yeah Um, in april of 2019 fans held a protest outside west hollywood city hall and britney was allowed to leave the facility a few days later <gasps> oh my god uh, i don't know so they were like people are on to us at least that's what it looks like it could have been yeah. like yeah it could have been um, related but was it i don't know um on april 23rd britney spears released an instagram in which she said i wanted to say hi because things are being said and i and have just gotten out of control. Wow, there's rumors, death threats to my family and my team, and just so many crazy things being said. I am trying to take a moment for myself, but everything that's happening is just making it harder for me. She also added, You may not know this about me, but I am strong and stand up for what I want. But the thing is, Brittany's Instagram is monitored, and she is only allowed to post things that are approved by her father. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Many fans are speculating that Britney is sneaking subtle messages into her Instagram posts. Now, this is where it gets into, like, conspiracy theory kind of territory. Yeah. Um, uh, Because everybody's, like, really overanalyzing something. I saw a TikTok recently that was about... She posted an Instagram, and people thought that the, like... um, uh, what's the word? Not the crease, but the seam on one side, they like thought if you zoomed in, it looked like it said help. But one person looked at it and was like, right. literally it's just a seam. You guys are overanalyzing this. Um, but some of them are kind of like, you could maybe interpret them. Um, you may remember that towards the beginning of quarantine, Brittany's Instagram was kind of becoming a meme because she was posting a lot of kind of random, sometimes unflattering or strange posts. Um, some things, um, some people think that every post has been a deliberate choice to send out s- subtle calls for help. Uh, one post yeah. on May of 2019 was Britney in a photo shoot in which she wears a black jumpsuit against a red backdrop. The photo was meant to pay homage to one of Britney's idols, Janet Jackson. The album cover mm-hmm. that this is reminiscent of is a Janet Jackson album called Control. Mm-hmm. Some people wonder, like, is Control a theme in Britney's life? Right. Mm-hmm. One of her, this one is kind of crazy. One of her Instagram posts in July, it was like totally an unrelated Instagram post. But on it, someone commented, um, If you need help, wear yellow in your next video. And the comment got a lot of likes. And then the very next thing she posted was this picture with the caption, Holy, holy crap, my florist surprised me today by making the flower arrangement all different colors. I was so excited, I threw on my favorite yellow shirt and just (gasps) had to share. And the picture is her in like little shorts and a yellow tube top. (gasps) Oh my God. I know, that one I was like, (gasps) (sighs) she needs help. Especially in the caption that she's like, I had to share that I'm wearing yellow. Like, geez. Yeah. also in July, she posted a picture of herself sitting on a beach in a swimsuit on a yellow towel, and to her left is a pile of clothes, shoes, and a book. If you zoom in, the book is a poetry memoir by Laurie Halls Anderson entitled Shout, the story of a survivor who refused to be silenced. So people are like, why is she reading a book about a, a woman who's being silenced? Right. Um, and then a I, I don't know this Instagram account, over two million followers um but this instagram account called diet prada um posted this like series of posts and a couple of other like big accounts like joined the free britney movement and this is Mm -hmm. um they're saying a couple things i've already said but so i'm gonna try and read it quickly but psa on britney spears and the free britney movement for anyone that needs or wants more information on what's going on with her it's a fucking rabbit hole so buckle up a little backstory first i already gave her backstory um She's been telling everyone for years that she's too controlled and treated as a product if you listen to the lyrics of most of her hits. Examples include Lucky, Overprotected, My Prerogative, Circus, Peace of Me, and Gimme More. Her music videos, social media posts, tour props, and photo shoots regularly show her in a cage or in chains. If everyone has ever seen videos of her when she was younger, you know that her real singing voice is very similar to Christina Aguilera's. Her, reg- her record label didn't like it as they were both on the Mickey Mouse Club and about to release their debut albums at the same time. Um, so they had her voice retrained to sing in the baby voice we all know today because they believed it to be more iconic and would create a branded career for her instead of her real voice. It's unhealthy and it has been destroying her voice over the years. Thus why she is known for lip syncing. She wanted to make an, ac- an acoustic-type pop album in 2006 entitled Original Doll and reinvent herself using her real singing voice. The album was shelved and canceled once her label realized that she would be using her real voice. She isn't allowed to sing live because she will either fail terribly or she'll have to sing in her deep voice that she isn't known for. Her entire career has been treated like a product meant to sell. Um, and this is, like, people, a couple years ago, she posted a picture of herself singing. Oh, and, I remember this. I remember yeah. Shane Dawson did a video about yeah. it. Yeah. And it sounds, like, way, like, it's really way nice you slow it down and, like, yeah. it's real, uh. Now for the real team. Everyone remembers the 2007 meltdown. Everyone. Leading up to the meltdown, Brittany was going through a public divorce, had two children under the age of two, and the time was very much the focus... Uh, it was very much the focus of public attention. We saw her on every magazine cover. We also saw a photo of her driving one of her kids on her lap while driving. Go on YouTube once and look up Britney Spears' paparazzi. You'll watch her be chased and followed by hundreds of them, even trying to get into a public restroom to photograph her, videotaping her in tears, asking them to leave her alone, and even filming her through windows of an ambulance while she was naked being taken away from her mental health hold. Um, After the public meltdown, shaving her head, locking herself in her home with her children, speaking in a British accent on a regular basis, wearing the infamous pink wig everywhere, and shopping naked, she was hospitalized twice. After the hospitalization, her father mentioned, her father petitioned the courts to be a temporary conservator until she was mentally stable, and for only one year's time. Two months after her hospitalization, she did a guest appearance on How I Met Your Mother. Um, Six months after her hospitalization, hospitalization she drops the womanizer video and starts to promote her new album circus which is a worldwide tour that grossed over 131.8 million dollars if she was so unwell why did she start working right away her father one after one year petitioned the courts for the conservatorship to become permanent due to her allegedly having early onset dementia in her 20s it passed and it has been that way ever since 12 years to be exact Uh, Britney Spears is now a 38-year-old woman who is not allowed to do the following without her father's express permission, or he can legally lock her up in a mental health facility, drive a car, vote, get married, have children, spend her own money, see how her money is being spent, see her children, um, leave her home, hire her own lawyer, have any control over her career, speak about the conservatorship, about the conservatorship publicly, do interviews that aren't scripted and all final cuts have to be approved by her father, um, use a cell phone without being monitored, use social media unmonitored, contact anyone without being monitored or have them be extremely vetted, um, go shopping, go for a walk, get Starbucks, um, Since the conservatorship began 12 years ago, she has released four albums, done three worldwide tours, did a four-year Vegas residency, was a full-time judge on the X Factor, released multiple perfumes and a lingerie line, made $138 million or so a year. Um, And again, a conservatorship is meant for people with mental health issues who are, like, unable to function in society. Right. So if that's the case, then why is she doing all of this? Um... Every year, she pays 1.1 million dollars in fees for the conservatorship to continue, including paying her father a solid 100 thousand dollars salary um, and more. Paying a lawyer that she isn't allowed to choose, she isn't allowed an allowance. Or she's allowed an allowance of around 1,500 dollars a week for bills, shopping, and essentials. Her net worth is 250 million dollars. Um, That's
0: insane. This is insane.
1: Uh, yeah. Um so the uh Britney was apparently due to have a court date on July 22nd but reportedly fans kept crashing the private Zoom link that it was happening on so oh. it had to be delayed. Um it was recently in the news um this past week or so because Jamie Lynn Spears was announced that she was being placed in charge of Britney's SJB revocable revocable trust. Mm-hmm. Um this, some people, there's mixed opinion on this. Um, some people think that this is good news because Jamie Lynn, um, uh, Britney Spears' siblings tend to be the, the two that are on her side the most, right. and, um, this gives Jamie Lynn the power to ensure that the fortune is transferred into a trust benefiting Britney's children in the event of her death, and as of now, Britney is the sole beneficiary of her trust. But some people are very, like, critical. Uh, like, oh, someone else in her family is now benefiting off of her. Right. Some people are happy that Jamie Lynn now has control.
0: But she has control yeah. of the trust, not the conservatorship.
1: True. She's still, like, she's still under control. But, like, now, like, her, I think this means, like, more of the financial control will be done by her sister. And uh, it's at least public knowledge that there is a desire to try and change things for Brittany. But her father is not letting go. This brings us to Cher's tweets, which is, like, double the reason why I wanted to bring this up Oh, today. I heard
0: Cher got involved. I was, I was, like, I looked up Free Britney while we were talking about this on Twitter, and I saw Cher yeah. was involved.
1: Yeah. When they announced that Jamie Lynn was, um, becoming the trustee um share tweeted she worked hard was the golden goose made lots of money got sick now she's the cash cow does anyone who's making money off her being sick want her well does uh, someone who doesn't want anything from her should look into her and her doctors and her medications and then she put three duck emojis and said is it a duck as in like <laughs> walks like a duck sounds like a duck quacks like a duck whatever that expression it is. is a duck yeah yeah and then somebody else responded about um Just her being in Vegas, making all this money that is just going to her father and having no control over her own life. And then Cher responded to that something along the lines of like, oh, people in Vegas have known for years or like, Mm -hmm. we've heard things. The conservatorship has been extended to, um, the last it was talked about was to August 22nd, your birthday, which has now passed. Um, Mm -hmm. but like it said, or quote, the conclusion of the pandemic, which who knows when that's gonna be um don't remind me i know there has been a fan uh, there's a fan led petition which you can sign asking congress to intervene on britney's behalf i urge people though like if if you want to sign the petition and you want to post about it that's fine um but i do think there's been a lot of people that have been um talking about it online like it's a funny thing and have been Mm. um breaking into zoom calls and doing things that are just not helpful to the situation. And so I urge people who want to participate to do so in a way that is helpful and respectful to Brittany and her children. Um, like she said, she's a strong woman and can fight her own fights, but we should help make it so that she, um, so it's known that this, that people are trying to take that away from her. Definitely. so I'm still not sure exactly how to help it, but I've heard a couple people be critical of the Free Britney movement and how it's not actually helping her that much. But I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing public awareness and trying to get the government to help her. Right, definitely, definitely. But it's just nuts. That is really insane. So that's the Free Britney movement. Okay, so I'm on the middle segment today. And uh-huh. it's a very special episode today because it's our 75th episode. Uh-huh. So this might be a bit of a copycat move from something Sarah did for me a while ago. But I took the liberty of going through some of your old um, documents on our shared drive. Oh, boy. Are you going to quiz me? I made you you a quiz. (gasps) Okay. All right. Some of these are, like, going to be really obvious. Some of them you might know just because you know them. Right. Um, Some of them are kind of these are all topics i covered yes these are all sometimes topics i covered i think you covered so (laughs) we'll see how this goes number one this is a question from the uh appendix episode
0: oh geez when you covered the appendix
1: (laughs) it is widely believed that as as a phoenix your appendix helps your blank form a gut b liver C, bladder, or D, kidney. Oh, sorry, there's a siren. Yeah, I'm gonna wait. Okay, A, gut. Correct. The full quote uh, from your document was, it is widely believed that the fetus helps your, uh, that as a fetus, your appendix helps your gut form and builds up bacteria for gut health. Great. Okay, question number two. Mm -hmm. All of the following are crimes that could help get you transport, that could get you transported to the Australian Penal Colony, except... Oh, the 19 crimes. A, stealing fish from a pond or river. That's one of them. (laughs) B, stealing lead. C, stealing letters. D, stealing roots. Or E. Stealing native mammals intended for hunting.
0: Oh god, these are my notes. None of these sound familiar to me. I understand why
1: there wasn't just like an umbrella like theft.
0: There what? Like all of them were stealing. Okay
1: wait, stealing roots? What do you mean by roots? Like root vegetables? Like roots i think it might have listed more like roots and trees and oh okay okay
0: okay okay so it was same with lead i think it it was fish i'm I'm giving myself away it was fish lead roots and what was and native letters
1: and native mammals intended for hunting native it's it's the last one i think yeah that wasn't on there you are right i was like well that's called poaching but i don't think there was a law (laughs) about that yet uh, okay, question number three, mm-hmm. from the Bird Truthers episode. A classic. Although this one has really nothing to do with it. This, just this one is text. just funny, I don't know, when I wrote this I was like, <laughs> um, All right, 23 Boeing engineers, which you wrote in parentheses, which like, what's up with Boeing now? Um, traveled from Seattle to Nevada in a school bus on which they painted Area 51 or bust. Uh What were they allegedly seen buying for their bus? A posters, B rugs, C pillows, D matching outfits, or E a disco ball?
0: (laughs) I think it's rugs. Yeah it is! Yeah it was rugs. (laughs) That's when they left the one guy behind, and he was like really <laughs> glad he got left. <laughs> behind.
1: I could never tra- forget Bird truthers. <laughs> in the early 1980s, this is a, from the crop circle research. Oh boy, you are um, back! Um, in you the went early, back. <laughs> I know, I know, it's a deep cut. In the early 1980s, one explanation for crop circles. Was that the patterns were produced by the quote vigorous sexual activity, activity. of horny blanks? A. Stray cats. This B. Was rabbits. Insane. C. Hedgehogs. D. Groundhogs. Or e. Hogs. Skunks. It's hedgehogs. It's hedgehogs.
0: Like what on earth? One of my favorite facts. One of my favorite <laughs> facts to come out of this podcast
1: i was like oh i should do a crop circle one and then the second i opened the document i was like i know
0: exactly what fact i'm bringing the up rigorous again. sexual activity of hedgehogs like that's so specific <laughs> oh my god cracks me up what a good fun fact
1: okay this next one um is more of a reference to you and it's very easy it's not even multiple choice um what famous airship crashed on may 6th 1937 and what was the phrase of exasperation that originated from the crash
0: oh um this was the the big boom i just said here i just for some reason i thought hiroshima but that's not what it is it's um oh my god
1: you know this you know this.
0: something hindenburg it was the hindenburg yeah and what was the what was
1: the question the phrase yeah, what was the the phrase of exasperation? Oh, that... oh, the humanity. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, this is from the middle names episode. Oh, that was a fun one. I I've yeah. been learning about that. Which famous actor's last name is really their middle name? A, Chris Pine, B, Andrew Garfield, C, Ryan Reynolds, D, Tom Cruise, or E, Ben Affleck?
0: I believe it's Tom Cruise. <laughs>
1: you are correct yeah his full name is thomas cruz mapathor the fourth yup this one is not multiple choice because i just didn't want to make up painting names um i knew you'd see right through me but um what is the painting that sits across from the famous painting we talked the Mona about Lisa. yeah yes oh, this it's- is the largest piece of the Lur- the the, Lur- the, Lur- the louvre's collection <laughs> And it was stolen by Napoleon, and France claims that it is too large to return effectively to Italy. Yes, and
0: I love this, I love this fact, because there's this whole thing that the Mona Lisa was stolen, because they say that the French stole it, but then actually sitting across from the Mona Lisa is a stolen piece of Italian art. Um, it's called, is it
1: the Judgment of Somebody? No, but you're, it's like the... The Ascension? Um, No. uh, Think of
0: Ceremony. It's not, it's not the last, it's not a version of The Last Supper. No. It's, it, um, it's not, it's not a wedding. Yeah. It is a wedding? Oh, is it, it's the wedding at, oh, I don't remember what the location is.
1: It's It's kind of a random place.
0: I don't remember, but it's the wedding at something and it's by, uh,
1: I don't have the it's, painter down there. So oh,
0: okay, then never mind. I just have the name
1: of it. Um, oh, yeah. The it's, Wedding at Kana. Kana, yeah. Which yeah, yeah, I don't you wouldn't have gotten there. It's kind yeah, of I a random place have. that I've not heard of. Okay, this one um <laughs> is sweet. Uh there are ten of these. This is number eight. With Paolo what... Veronese.
0: That's the artist Paolo Veronese.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Paula with what street does the Rue Nicolas Flamel intersect with?
0: Oh, a. the Rue
1: Perenelle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even need to list the name of his wife. Yeah, the name of his wife. What was the name of the ship besides the Carpathia that received a distress, the California. A distress call yeah, from the Titanic? Yeah. <laughs> the other options. Amateur like, hour. <laughs> I know. The other options that I put, I just like I was like, okay, I'll do other states because it's the Californian. So my other options were the Hampshire, the Carolinian, the Alaskan, and the Virginian. Nice. Um, and lastly, number ten. This one I think I worded weirdly. What topic that you covered early on did you say that some believe was a very early version of D and D, Dungeons and Dragons? A, <laughs> Enneagrams. B trojan writings c tarot cards d a polish game or e items that were later revealed to be passports tarot cards correct yeah. you go yeah. to 100 percent. wow yeah you're so smart i am
0: <laughs> thank you that was a fun quiz I'm glad. You picked really early ones. You didn't pick anything that I covered recently.
1: I thought of doing more recent ones, but then I was like, No, like I wanted to do ones that were like personal to you and like mm-hmm. ones that were like, so like I when I got closer to the end, I was like, Well, I have to do a Titanic one. Right. And then I, I like got to the end and I almost did a different one, which now I don't remember, but I was like, Oh, I have to do tarot. Like even mm-hmm. if she doesn't remember the episode, she might remember this. That was like episode one or two. Yeah
0: so for my surprise topic today i'm going to talk about um a true crime event true to self um and that is because the event i'm going to talk about came up because on tiktok recently a girl a 15 year old girl made a post saying that she thinks her parents are lying about her birthday (gasps) and about her age I i think i saw this yeah and she thinks this is and she thinks this because she found her preschool registration documents with the wrong birth date on there and a photo of her with a timestamp from before she was born. And another TikTok user duetted, which means that you, like, reply, but the video pops up next to it, so it's, like, two videos next to each other if you're not on TikTok, um, to the original post. And she said – she and essentially was, like, you are Madeline McCann. And it went through this whole thing, and it's gotten a lot of attention, and the girl has made a rebuttal being, like – this was like kind of a fabricated story like i did find these things but i definitely conflated it more for tiktok because it's entertaining um she's like but i'm not madeline mccann um but since madeline mccann has come up again on tiktok i thought we would talk about her disappearance which i don't know
1: do you know anything about this not really other than she was kidnapped but can i just say that when i i went back and i re-listened to our episode um that we talked about? where you quizzed me on true crime at the end of it, where you talked about oh, true yeah. crime technology and I talked about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. But in it, at one point, I referenced TikTok and I'm like, but I will literally never download it. It's so dumb. And you're like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and now it's we talk about it every episode. And we love it.
0: That's so funny. That's called character development. Yeah. Um, so That's Madeline McCann course. is a famous missing child. Um, yeah. I many la- About a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago now, Netflix released a documentary called The Disappearance of Madeline McCann. It's a very good documentary. I recommend people go watch it. Um, but I'm going to talk about the case right now. So Madeline McCann was born on May 12, 2003 in uh, Leicester, England, to Kate McCann and Jerry McCann, or Gary McCann. I don't know. It's spelled G-E-R-R-Y. So it's like a gamble. Is that Jerry? Is that Jerry I think he's Jerry. Well, that would be short for Gerald, right? No idea. Everyone calls him Jerry. So I'm going to okay. say Jerry. I'm pretty sure they say Jerry in the documentary. On May 3rd, 2007, just nine days shy of her fourth birthday, Madeline disappears while on vacation with her family at the Ocean Club in Praia de Luz, Portugal. The McCanns were on vacation with their friends, and the group of friends is called the Tapas Seven. That's because every night of the vacation, they would go to the restaurant um, and have tapas together as their children slept in their apartments. And the Tapas Seven are Jane Tanner, um, her husband Russell O'Brien, Dr. David Payne and Dr. Fiona Payne, Fiona's mother, Diane Webster, and Rachel Oldfield and Matthew Oldfield. And between the Tapas 7 and the McCann's, there were eight children on vacation in total. During their stay in Bryan Deleuze, the McCann's stayed at 5A Rua Drive, I don't think it's Rua Doctor, it's DR, Rua Drive, Agostino da Silva. Um, 5A was a two-bedroom ground-floor apartment, and the old fields were next door in apartment 5B. Apartment 5A was accessible from two entrances. There were sliding glass patio doors in the living room overlooking the pool, tennis courts, and restaurant. The front doors um, were on the opposite side, and the patio doors, most importantly, were accessible via public street. On the night in question, May 3rd, 2007, it was the second to last day of the family's vacation. Madeline had been left with her younger siblings who were twins in her family's apartment while her parents went to dinner at a restaurant in the apartment complex with their friends, something that the adults had done every night of their vacation. So all the children were sleeping in their respective apartments and all of the parents were at a restaurant 100 yards away. The adults devised a rotation system to check on their children, and essentially one of them was always up from the table, and each group of children was checked on about every 15 to 20 minutes. Um, at 9.05 p.m., Jerry McCann checks on the McCann children. Everything seems fine, except that the children's bedroom door was wide open, and they had been <sighs> routinely locking and closing the door when they would go out to dinner together. Um, So he pulls it closed. Actually, I don't know if they locked it because that's a fire hazard, but they definitely were closing the children's bedroom door every time they left. Um, So he pulls the bedroom door closed and he returns to the restaurant. At 9 o'clock p.m., Jane Turner leaves the restaurant to check on her daughter and she passes Jerry, who she says she saw talking to another guest at the hotel, not someone they were staying with, just another guest, but she doesn't say anything to them. Jerry and this other man would later report that they never saw Jane. At 9.15 p.m., Tanner tells police... Um, sorry, I said Jane Turner. Her name was Jane Tanner. Um, Jane Tanner tells police that she spotted a man carrying a young child walking across the street ahead of her, not far from Madeline's bedroom, but she didn't think anything of it at the time. The child in the man's arms was wearing a light-colored pink pajamas with a floral pattern and cuffs on the legs, similar to Madeline's. Tanner described the man as white, dark-haired, 5 feet 7 inches, um, of southern European or Mediterranean appear- appearance, 35 to 40 years old, wearing gold or beige trousers and a dark jacket. And she said he did not look like a tourist, which Praia de Luz is a really huge tourist town. So that stood out mm. to her, that he probably was a local or some from Portugal or a adjacent country. Kate McCann had intended to check on her children at 930, but Matthew Oldfield offered to do it instead when he checked on his own children next door in 5B. He noticed that McCann children's bedroom door was wide open, but after hearing no noise, he left 5A without putting his head around the corner of the bedroom that the children were sleeping in to see if Madeline was there. So then the bedroom, it was like, there was a little wall, and Madeline was in a bed against this wall, but you had to turn your head and look at it to see mm-hmm. her, and then the twins on a, on travel cots in the middle of the room. So he vis- he saw the twins, but did not check to see if Madeline was in her bed. Kate mm-hmm. made her own check of 5A around 10 p.m., 30 minutes later. She entered the apartment through the unlocked patio doors, which had been unlocked all night, and noticed the children's bedroom door was, again, wide open. When <gasps> she... When she walked into the bedroom and tried to close the door, it slammed shut as if there were a draft, and that is when she noticed the bedroom window and shutters were open. Madeline's stuffed cat and pink blanket were still on the bed, but Madeline was gone.
1: There's the kitty!
0: Yeah. It was hearing his name's Cuddle Cat. It's, like, really sad. After a brief That's search, a
1: of, stuffy.
0: yeah. After a, <laughs> I say like sitting next to my stuffy from childhood, like I like grab him, I'm like <laughs> cuddle cat. <laughs> After a brief search of the apartment, Kate ran back to the restaurant screaming, "Madeline's gone! Someone's taken her!" At ten ten, Matthew Oldfield asked, "This is PM, if that wasn't clear." Asked the re- asked the resort's reception desk to call the police, and at ten thirty, the resort activated its missing child protocol. Two officers from the Um, this is what the Portugal police are called, the gendarmerie, the Guarda Nacional Republicana arrived at the resort at 1110 from Lagos, which is five miles away. That's an hour for them to go five miles, just to be clear. Yeah, At midnight, after briefly searching the area, they alerted the criminal police, which are known as the Polícia Judiciara, which I'm hereby going to reference as the PJ. Um, And that's I need you to remember that PJ is the Portugal Police. Um, In nearby Portimao, Kate McCann said the PJ arrived after one in the morning. So again, it took them an hour. At 2 a.m. two patrol dogs were brought to the resort and at 8 a.m. four search and rescue dogs were brought. Police officers had their leave canceled and started searching waterways, wells, caves, sewers and ruins um, in and around Praia de Luz. Praia de Luz was only a town about a thousand people. It was widely acknowledged that mistakes were made during the so-called golden hours soon after the disappearance. If you've ever watched any crime television show, they'll tell you the first 24 hours after a child has disappeared is most important because after 24 hours, it's highly unlikely that you yeah. will find that child alive, if ever again. Um, okay neither border nor marine police were given descriptions of madeline for many hours and officers did not make house-to-house searches again this is a town of a thousand people and it's mostly tourists so it's a lot of the resort um, and this was not done according to kate roadblocks were first put in place at 10 a.m the next morning which is plenty of time for someone to have already left Police did not request motor ro- motorway surveillance pictures of vehicles leaving Praia de Luz the night of the disappearance, or of the road between Lagos and Villa Real de Santo on the Spanish border. So it could they could have easily passed into Spain. It took Interpol five days to issue a global missing person alert, which, when you think about it, like to, like in when you're in America. I think it would probably take longer because America is a huge country and there are lots of places to hide. But when you're in Europe, it is so easy to pass between borders that like that international missing persons report is like integral, especially in a country like Portugal, which is on the water and easily accessible to Morocco and to Spain, or you could go north to England or go off the coast of France. Like there are so many choices. Um, it's also important to note that not everyone in the resort at the time was interviewed holidaymakers which is what they call people who go to to like this town is like made of tourism so they call them holidaymakers later contacted the British police to say no one had spoken to them so they offered themselves up to be interviewed because they were shocked no one had tried to Um, even though they had nothing to say they were like don't you want to talk to me the crime scene was not secured police took samples from Madeline's bedroom, which were sent to three different forensic labs in Portugal. On June 1st, 2007, they reported that DNA from one quote-unquote stranger had been found. But at that point, around 20 people had entered the apartment 5a before it was closed off according to chief inspector oligario de souza of the pj um so and also at this time once madeline had been discovered missing the entire top of seven returned to that apartment so it had all of their dna in it and all of the police after they had been called and all the resort people so it was impossible to know like whose dna there was like one unmatched dna to all of those people but so many people had been through at the time that it could have also just been a random person um affiliated with the case according to kate mccann an officer placed tape across the doorway of the children's bedroom but left at 3 a.m on may the 4th without securing the apartment the pj case file which was released in 2008 showed that 5a lay empty for a month after the disappearance then was let out to taurus before being sealed off in august 2007 for more forensic tests so it was open to taurus for june and july and then sealed off again in august in which case forensic
1: tests so much
0: yes yes um an officer dusted the bedroom windows exterior shutter for fingerprints without wearing gloves or other protective clothing 12 days after the disappearance robert murat who was a 34 year old british portuguese property consultant became the first suspect murat lived in his mother's house casa liliana 150 yards from apartment 5a in the direction in which the man the tanner sighting in the tanner sighting had walked um so At this point, Jane Tanner had given her statement that she saw this man walking away, yada yada, a statement which was uh, hard to match because Jerry hadn't seen Jane and Jerry couldn't cooperate this man. And the documentary does a really good job of like shedding light on sight lines in this and how the sight lines that were being proposed by all these different people didn't make any sense. Um, because it was a narrow street and it was a small resort and how couldn't they have seen each other and if jane saw this person why didn't jerry see him and if jerry didn't see jane was jane ever there like was she getting the time wrong it just didn't make any sense
1: i wonder when you first said that she saw him talking to another guest but he said that he didn't see her was there a different guy who looked like jerry who like put on a outfit to dry and like dressed like him
0: I mean, the street was really close. That was the thing that didn't make sense. Is like, you kind of have to squeeze by people. Not mm. squeeze by, but it's a small road. So she would have gone up close and known for sure. Like, that is Jerry. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Three members of the Top of Seven, Fiona Payne, Russell O'Brien, and Rachel Oldfield, said that they had seen Murat outside apartment 5A shortly after this appearance. Because, again, they all were, like, hovering in this area. As in an Ocean Club nanny. Ocean Club was the name of the hotel. Um, and two British... Tourists. This would not have been surprising considering how close Marat lived to 5A, but he and his mother did say in their statements that they were home all evening. Beginning on the 15th of May, Marat's home was searched, the pool drained, his cars, computers, phones, and videotapes examined, his garden searched using ground radar and sniffer dogs, and two of his associates questioned. There was nothing to link Marat or his friends to the disappearance. Marat also didn't have a record, and Marat's suspect status was lifted on the 21st of July, 2008, when the case was officially archived. In statements to the PJ, witnesses described men behaving oddly near apartment 5A in the days before the disappearance and on the day of. Scotland Yard, which is the British police, eventually became to believe that these men may have engaged in reconnaissance for an abduction or a burglary, which led to Madeline's abduction. There had been a fourfold increase in burglaries in this area between January and May 2007 as well, um, including two in the McCann's blocks in the 17 days before the disappearance, during which burglars had entered through windows. The man in the Tanner sighting was much later confirmed to be a hotel guest carrying his daughter back to their hotel room. This revelation did not come until years later when police had already spent a lot of time chasing what ended up being a red herring. On the 26th of May, 13 days after Madeline disappeared, Martin and Mary Smith, who were two guests at Pride de at this time, reported seeing a man around 10 o'clock PM, 500 yards from the McCann's apartment carrying a three to four year old girl. And at this time, the police had deduced that Madeline must have been abducted closer to 10 o'clock. In fact, they deduced that she probably was abducted moments before Kate McCann entered the apartment. The girl seen being carried matched Madeline's description and this time matched the likely time of the crime. By early June 2007, the media started painting the McCanns as the suspects. The police also suspected that the disappearance was a stunt for media attention. On the 30th of June 2007, a month and a half after the event, a 3,000-word article entitled The Madeline Case, A Pact of Silence, appeared in a Portuguese weekly. And it stated that the McCants were suspects, highlighting alleged inconsistencies between their statements and the statements of the top is seven, eight, seven, and implying that the Tanner sighting had been invented by the Tanners um, to help the McCants um, convince the police that it had been an abduction much the media really conflated the apparent inconsistencies um within and between the McCanns and the top of seven statements the police had asked the group questions in portuguese and then an an interpreter had then translated the replies in english and according to kate mccann the statements were then typed up in portuguese and verbally translated back into english for the interviews to sign so essentially everything was double translated um so the inconsistencies could have easily been because of translation error and not because of actual error but among the inconsistencies was whether the had entered the apartment by the front or the back door when checking on the children according to the PJ case file Jerry stated during his first interview on the 4th of May the day of the the kidnapping of the day after that the couple had entered 5A through the locked front door for his 905 and her 10 o'clock checks and in a second interview on the 10th of May he said that he entered through the unlocked patio doors at the back Um, and the McCann's did state that for the duration of the vacation they only entered through the patio doors and kept the front door locked because the children's bedroom was right next to the front door so they decided that they would only use the patio door Um, but the patio doors had to remain unlocked because there was no way to unlock them from the outside the pj also questioned why when kate discovered madeline was missing she had run to the tapas restaurant with leaving the twins alone in 5a when she could have used her mobile phone or shouted to the group from 5a's rear balcony which faced the restaurant that's true Diane Webster, who is the mother of one of the friends on the vacation and who was also on vacation with them, said in her statement that she felt the twins had to have been drugged because they slept through Kate screaming when they discovered Madeline was missing. Their beds were also in the middle of the room, so for someone to have crossed through and not awaken them was highly suspicious. Mm. Which is a thing that the documentary really goes into, that like, in order for anybody to cross from the door to the window, they would have had to literally climb over the twins and the logistics of that. It's very interesting. Unless it's she, it's very visual, but it's super interesting.
1: Maybe she had like gotten up and was like not in her bed when they broke in and they didn't even intend to kidnap her, but they were there for a burglary and they were like, Oh no, we've been caught, so they grabbed her. Yeah,
0: but it's just like it's but it's weird that the twins slept through all of that. That's true. Um another issue, and this is another thing that comes back to the twins, is that was whether or not the exterior shutter over madeline's bedroom window could be open from the outside the windows blinds were controlled by a strap on the inside and once rolled down the slats of the window locked into place um and they could only be raised by using the strap on the inside kate mccann said the shutter and the window were closed when madeline was put to bed but open when she discovered madeline was missing So Jerry told the PJ that when he was first alerted to the disappearance, he had lowered the shutter, then gone outside and discovered that it could only be raised from the outside, which is not how it was designed. Um, But against this statement, the police said the shutter could not be raised from the outside without being forced, but there was no sign of forced entry. And they also said forcing the shutter open would have caused a lot of noise, which, again, would have likely awakened the twins and probably would have been loud enough to be heard from the restaurant. These discrepancies contributed to the police's suspicion that there had been no abduction. Beginning in August, the police began working with a theory that Madeline had died in apartment 5A as the result of an accident, perhaps being put to sleep through, like, a sleeping pill. Like, that's something that they thought. Like, maybe the parents were giving the kids sleeping pills so they would sleep while they were at the restaurant. Yeah. Um, and the McCann's had hidden her body um, and then moved it many weeks later After the reported disappearance, because the McCann's about three weeks after the event had started renting a car. On the 28th of June, 2007, the McCann suggested to the PJ that the police request help from Daniel Krugel, who was a South African former police officer who had developed a matter orientation system, which was essentially a handheld device that he claimed could locate missing people using DNA and satellites. Like you put your DNA into it and it'll find them, which is a load of bullshit
1: yeah
0: um, mccann wrote in 2011 that krugel's came claims didn't make any sense but they were very desperate at that point because it had been well over a month almost two months um so in the second week of june that doesn't make any sense that's a discrepancy from my source in june they sent him hair and eyelashes from madeline i don't know how they had her eyelashes um that yeah. they collected oh they went collected from the family home by relatives in the uk i don't know how they had her eyelashes um maybe they like combed her bedroom in the uk but they like got them from her uk house
1: um, i can and see so, them having her hair because like maybe they had a hairbrush right but the
0: eyelashes is a weird one i don't know um but krugel arrived and probably is 15- there like a
1: british tradition of like you know how we find we like get a Eyelash to go make a wish. Maybe they're like, got your hair left, put it in a little Ziploc baggie. Yeah, maybe and they we'll had save it for the eyelash. Maybe they, fairy.
0: maybe they just found one in the bathroom or something. I don't know. um But anyway, Krugel arrived in Praia lose on the 15th of July and he told the McCons his equipment had picked up a static signal in an area of the beach near Rocha Negra Cliff. Um, The officer in charge of the P.J. inquiry, Inspector Goncalo Amaral, interpreted Kate's support of Krugel as a ploy to distract the police. At this point, he fully believed the McCons were involved with the disappearance and that Kate was using Krugel um, to, quote, disclose the location of her daughter's body without compromising herself. So they thought she was paying this man to be like, and this is where the body is and that that would lead them to the body, but only because they were the ones that buried it there. With this in mind, the PJ sent a letter rog- rogatory to the British police to ask for assistance with their search of Madeline's body. In response, Mark Harrison, who was the national search advisor for the British National Policing Improvement Agency, arrived in Praia Deleuze. Harrison suggested searching the beach and shoreline, since this is what Krugel had suggested, um, which is an open area near the village, Robert Murat's property, apartment 5A, the top of Seven's apartments, and any hired vehicles. So this was kind of like this the center point for anyone that could have been a suspect. He recommended using ground-penetrating radar and bringing in Keela and Eddie, who were two Springer Spaniel sniffer dogs from South Yorkshire. Which, the part about the dogs is the absolute best for the documentary, A, because they're cute, but B, because it's shocking. Like, I'm going to tell you what they find, but watching, you should go watch it, because it's just unbelievable. Um, Keela was a crime scene investigation dog trained to give her handler, Martin Grime, a passive alert to the scent of human blood by placing her nose close to the spot, then freezing in that position. So she would stab there and lock on and not move. And that meant that there was human blood there. And then the dog Eddie was an enhanced victim recovery dog um who gave a bark alert to the scent of human cadavers which could linger for a very long time including shortly after the death of the subject even if the remains were buried incinerated or in water he could smell <gasps> all of that and he was trained to bark only in response to that scent and not for any other reason so the dogs arrived in Praia to Luz on the 31st of july 2007 and were taken to apartment 5a um, a nearby wasteland and the beach both dogs alerted behind the sofa in the living room of 5A, so both blood and human cadaver, and Eddie gave an alert near the wardrobe in the main bedroom, and there were no alerts on the beach or the wasteland. So then they also went to the house where the McCants were staying, and Eddie gave an alert when he sniffed Madeline's cuddly cat at the house. Oh! so that a cadaver had touched the cat and then the police removed the renault scenic the McCanns had hired three weeks after the disappearance um and on august 6th keela and eddie were taken to an underground car park opposite the pj headquarters um where 10 cars were parked 20 to 30 feet apart including the mccann's car and robert murat's car eddie the cadaver dog gave an alert outside the mccann's car by the driver's door The next morning they brought Keila and Keila alerted the rear driver's side inside the trunk and the map compartment in the driver's door which contained the ignition key and the key ring. Then when the key ring was hidden beneath underneath sand in a fire bucket she alerted again as she did when the bucket was moved to a different floor of the car park. Almost immediately the Portuguese press began running stories that Madeline had died inside apartment 5a. Hair and other fibers were collected from areas in the car and Apartment 5A where Keila and Eddie had given alerts and were sent to the Forensic Science Service in Birmingham in England for DNA profiling. Um, At this point, the PJ abandoned the abduction theory and the McCann's were essentially their sole suspects. The McCann's were also interrogated that same day and offered and the police tried to suggest that maybe Kate's memory of the event was faulty. On the third of September, John Lowe of the Forensic Science Service emailed Detective Superintendent Stuart Pryor of the Leicestershire Police, which is where the McCanns were from. Lowe told Pryor that a sample from the car trunk had contained fifteen out of nineteen of Madeline's DNA components, but that the result was too complex for meaningful interpretation. So essentially because DNA is so intricate, fifteen out of nineteen isn't a conclusive match. Like okay you and i could have 15 out of 19 of the same things as madeline dna our dna is so subtly different that Mm. like it was impossible to say that it was her just that it matched some of hers John Lowe's email was then translated into Portuguese on the 4th of September 2007, and the next day, according to Kate, the PJ proposed that if she were to admit that Madeline had died in an accident in the apartment and that she had hidden the body, she might only serve a two-year sentence, and her husband would not be charged and would be free to leave. Both parents were declared official suspects on September 7th. The PJ told Jerry that Madeline's DNA had been found in the car trunk and behind the sofa in 5A, which was not entirely true, just that the DNA found there had 15 out of 19 parts of Madeline's Mm -hmm. DNA, not that it was hers. Jerry did respond to questions, but Kate declined to reply to 48 questions she was asked in (gasps) an 11-hour interview. 11 hours. Five months after their daughter had disappeared, four months, sorry, after the daughter had disappeared. Journalists began publishing that the DNA was a 100% match, which again was not true. Yeah. McCann's were allowed to leave Portugal because there was no conclusive evidence to hold them and returned to England on September 9th. The following day, Chief Inspector Tavares. De Almeida of the PJ signed a nine-page report concluding that Madeline had died in apartment 5A as the result of an accident, that the restaurant meal and apparent regular checks on the McCann children had been part of the cover-up, and that the top of seven had helped mislead the police and the McCann's had concealed the body, then faked an abduction. This was his official report. Then on the 2nd of October 2007, Chief Inspector Goncalo Amaral, the inquiries coordinator, was removed from his post after telling newspapers in Portugal that the British had only pursued leads helpful to the McCanns, believing that the British were also part of the cover-up. As an example, he criticized their decision to follow up an anonymous email to Prince Charles that claimed a (gasps) former Ocean Club employee had taken Madeline. He was like, well, you didn't follow that up, so... Oh no! They did follow it. They they did follow it up, and they were like, "See, you're looking for anything except for what's right in front of you." The Madeline inquiry was then taken over by um, Chief Inspector Paolo Rabello, a deputy national director of the PJ, which expanded its team of detectives and began a case review based off of the report that Almeida had made in April two thousand eight almost a year after madeline's abduction the tapas seven were interviewed in england by leicestershire police with the pj in attendance the pj planned the following month to hold a reconstruction of that night's event in Praia to lose using the McCanns, to the Top of the tapas seven rather than actors like they had done before but the Tapa seven declined to participate as of may 2008 portuguese prosecutors were examining several charges against the McCanns, including child abandonment abduction homicide and concealment of a corpse but on the 21st of July, 2008, the Portuguese attorney general, Fernando José Pinto Montero announced that there was no evidence to link the McCanns or Robert Murat to the disappearance and their suspect status of all three was lifted and the case was formally closed or archived. The bad feeling between the McCanns and the PJ had reached such a height that Chief Inspector Goncalo Amaral resigned in 2008. Um, In June to write a book alleging that Madeline had died in an accident in the apartment and that to cover it up the McCann's had faked an abduction and this book was published three days after the McCann's suspect status was lifted in Portugal. The McCann's began a libel action against Amaral and his publisher in 2009 and in 2015 they were awarded over 600,000 euros in libel damages. Amaral's appeal against that decision succeeded in 2016 so he didn't have to pay the money. The McCanns then set up Madeline's Fund in, they set it up very shortly after she disappeared. Um, it's called Madeline's Fund, Leaving No Standard Unturned Limited. Um, between May 2007 and March 2008, the fund received 1.8 billion pounds. And Madeline's fund hired several firms of private investigators which caused friction with the Portuguese police as well. Shortly after the disappearance, an anonymous benefactor paid for the services of a British security company, Control Risks, um, to protect the McCann's. There had reportedly been four independent sightings of Madeline from North Africa. Um, and Brian Kennedy, who was a private investigator, went to Morocco himself in December 2007 to look into one. And the McCanns themselves then traveled to Morocco on the 10th of June 2007 because they were already still in Portugal to raise awareness. So they sort of did this campaign being like, our daughter was taken just across the water in Portugal. If you see her, please let me know. Yeah. that was a popular, popular theory that they escaped to Morocco. In May of 2011, under home security Theresa May, future prime minister, uh, Uh Scotland Yard launched an investigative review, which was called Operation Grange, and they had a team of 29 detectives and then eight civilians. Operation Grange was led by Commander Simon Foy, and the team had tens of thousands of documents translated. They released age-progressed images of Madeline and investigated over 8,000 potential sightings of Madeline. By 2015, they had taken 1,338 statements, collected 1,027 exhibits, and investigated 650 sex offenders and 60 persons of interest. But to this day, these are the theories as to what happened. The Operation Grange is operating under the assumption that this was a criminal act by a stranger, most likely a planned abduction or burglary that Madeline had disturbed. There had been an increase in local burglaries around this time, like I had said, However, investigating the string of burglaries and those who had committed them brought in no leads. DCI Redwood of Operation Grage said that the disappearance did look like a pre-planned abduction, which would have required reconnaissance. And like I said before, several witnesses described seeing men hang around near the apartment in the days before the disappearance. Another theory is that Madeline, who was nearly four at the time, left the apartment by herself, perhaps to look for her parents, and was abducted by a passerby or fell into one of the open construction sites nearby. But this is uh, what she regarded uh. as unlikely. According to her mother, Madeline would have had to open the unlocked patio doors, close the curtains behind her, close the door again, open and close the child gate at the top of the stairs, then open and close the gate leading to the street. Mm. Which is super hard for a four-year-old. Yeah. In June 2020... Just two months ago, the public prosecutor of the German city of Braunschweig ordered an inquiry regarding a possible involvement of a 43-year-old man, Christian Brockner, believed to have been living in a borrowed VW camper in the Algarve at the time of Madeline's disappearance. The car of his associate, um, which was a Jaguar XJR6, was registered to a new owner the day after McCann disappeared. So, sorry, this was his car, but it then was registered to a new person, and they think that the new person is Bruckner's associate. Hans Christian Volters, who is from the public prosecutor's office in Germany, um, in Hanover, stated that they are operating under the presumption that Madeline McCann is dead due to Bruckner's criminal record if he was involved. Bruckner has been convicted of unrelated offenses of sexual abuse of children and drug trafficking, and as of June 2020, mm-hmm. is incarcerated in Germany. On the 27th of July of this year, German police began searching an allotment in Hanover in connection with the investigation. And police are on the hunt for the second suspect, believed to have been on the phone with Bruckner on the night Madeline went missing in a nearby area of Praia de Luz. And that is the most recent development as far as suspects go. FindMadeline.com is still up and running. The McCann's continue to search for her because as they see on their website, there's nothing to suggest at the moment that she has been harmed. They never found blood, they never found a body, anything like that. Um, The girl on TikTok also cannot be Madeline because Madeline has a very unique feature. Madeline has a stripe that looks almost like a leak in the iris of her right eye, and it's incredibly rare, which makes it even more odd that no one has spotted her because this is like one in a a billion people. There's more than seven. I'd say one in like 200 million people have this, you know. Um, But if you or anybody you know maybe see a person with this extremely rare thing and they look like they could be 17, call plus 44-845-838-4699. And that is that on the disappearance of Madeline McCann.
1: I can't get over the twins sleeping in the room. Yeah, that's the thing that always gets me. if the... Like, if you think that the parents did it, that the McCann's did it, then wouldn't, if she died in the place and there was, like, the body was moved that many places, the twins would have definitely seen something. It's true. Like, if she was behind the couch and then taken to the car. Like, that's a lot of movement. It is a lot of movement.
0: I don't know, the dogs always get me oh the dogs was the part of the documentary that i was like i got worked up (gasps) it's a really good documentary like i watch a lot of true crime documentaries some better than others and i would say this is one of the better ones
1: okay i'll
0: have to give it a viewing it's it's eight episodes i think it's it's a long one but it's good it's good and i i I think this is a case that even if you've now listened to this episode you're like why would i watch the documentary documentary is worth watching because the documentary does a really good job of showing you the visuals of how in proximity everybody was and how close things were to each other and like the suspicion of that and it gives a really good visual of what the hotel looked like in the surrounding area and how close the McCanns were and how weird it was that nobody saw anything like just the visuals of it i think are really important um, in this case, when you, cause like, I can say a hundred yards and you're like, I guess I know how far that is. But like, you really can't, don't know how close that is until you see it on a map and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I'veBeenWondering.com. If you like what you're hearing, you can donate to us directly through the link in the show notes, or you can consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. And finally, if you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com.
1: We know you're out there
0: we know you're out there jane i think tomorrow maybe tomorrow we're gonna hit six thousand streams what yeah (laughs) like our chart is going up it's going up fast which is super exciting
1: i can show you it's like i told my mom that you said that that like we're like going up recently and she was like oh so i guess it's not just your friends and i was like it was never just our friends
0: no it was never just our friends okay so last week for like context Last week we got five hundred stream, five hundred and eleven plays, and this week we got almost a <gasps> thousand. We got eight hundred, so like it's go, it's going up. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's causing this spike, but I see you and like hi, hang out, stay a while.
1: I don't know either. Be my friend, yeah. Send us an email. <laughs> Send a nice a one not a weird scary
0: one
1: yeah don't send me a weird scary one
0: <laughs> i like it um but that's it on that thank you next week we'll be back with um rum Springer and the jamaican bobsled team which is amazing <laughs> thank you so much for listening this is you know what i've been wondering